You're listening to OMAG All Access, a podcast about all things affecting municipalities in Oklahoma, hosted by OMAG Associate General Counsel, Amber Gooch. Welcome, everyone, to the OMAG All Access podcast. My name is Amber Gooch. I am Associate General Counsel and Director of Claims here at OMAG. Today, we have Jesse Stringer, the city planner for the city of Collinsville, here to talk about some planning and zoning issues. Jesse, welcome. Thank you so much for doing this. Yes, thank you, Amber. Uh, as Amber said, my name is Jesse Stringer. I serve as the city planner here in Collinsville. I have a bachelor's degree in architecture from the University of Oklahoma and a master's degree in urban design, also from the University of Oklahoma Tulsa campus. Uh, in 2019, I started my own architecture and planning business. Um, I've met really wonderful individuals who have introduced me to other communities in need, which really bolstered my passion for working with the cities within Oklahoma. Um, and I've I've really had the pleasure of working with a lot of communities across the state. I've produced my own documentary. I've got to author my own book. And uh, now I'm happy to be here in Collinsville and helping this community grow in a healthy manner. Thank you so much. That's very interesting. Um, could you tell the the listener who may be um, not know a lo- whole lot about planning and zoning, which would include me, I don't know a whole lot about it. Could you please tell us what zoning is, what that means? Yes. So today we're going to be talking mostly about what is zoning, what can it do, and what can't it do. So the very generic definition of zoning is when a form of government assigns regulatory zones to certain areas of land that determine land use on those properties. Land use is the process of organizing the use of land to meet occupants' needs while respecting the capabilities of the land. Land use planning balances private property rights with the desired community character. And land use is determined by the zoning code, not the other way around. So that's kind of the very quick, normal, uh, uh, that's that's the definition you get whenever you look up the generic uh, idea of zoning. But zoning is actually broken down into several different types. And I can talk a little bit about that as well. Sure. Yeah. Could you tell us what the different types of zoning are, please? Yes. So here in the United States, what we see mostly is traditional, uh, also called functional or Euclidean zoning. Uh, This zoning segregates land uses into specific uh, geographic districts and provides dimensional standards and other rules to regulate development within each zone. So this is the most widespread form of zoning. This is when you have commercial, administrative, residential, industrial, green space. So it's a very colorful map if you were looking at a zoning map. Another not quite as popular, but I think a more modern approach to zoning is called form-based zoning where Euclidean zoning is based on the idea that each zone or designated area of land should be reserved for a specific use, form-based code zoning is based on context. So instead of focusing on use, form-based code focuses on the building form. So the zoning titles for that would be more like downtown, uptown, east side, a historical district, a manufacturing district. And uh, if the building fits within that area, then it's allowed. So it's much more flexible, uh, both from a city's perspective as well as a developer's perspective. Intensity zoning is another type of zoning. Uh, It's also called performance zoning. 
it regulates the acceptable intensity of different land uses for, for instance, by specifying the number of residential units per acre. So in theory, this can provide more flexibility for both the city and the developer by reducing land use conflicts. So generally, when we're looking at a map of intensity zoning, it'll be high intensity, or I'm sorry, high density, average density, low density, or no development. So agricultural land or so on. There's a lot of different types of, of zoning, but these are really the big four that we focus on. So the last one would be incentive zoning. So this really rewards development in defined areas and entices the provision of amenities. So it's the practice of granting developers extra amenities that they want, often by allowing higher density developments in exchange for the provision of urban amenities, such as green space, trails, parks, things of that nature. So we see this in uh, PUDs. There's a lot of cities throughout Oklahoma that still allow uh, planned unit developments. So in a planned unit development, the developer says, hey, I want to bend the zoning rules just a little bit. And in exchange, I will have this walking trail around this pond that everyone in the city can utilize. So if they give a little where they otherwise wouldn't have, uh, we can bend the rules a little bit. So there's that transaction there in um incentivized zoning. So those are the really the big four that we see throughout the United States uh, with Euclidean zoning being the most popular. What about zoning laws? How are they used by municipalities? Yeah, so what zoning can do? So zoning can establish districts. Uh, so for example, in Collinsville, we have a CBD district, our central business district. In Oklahoma City, you see the Paseo Arts District. And these districts that have specific and distinguishable features, you know, I think of the Paseo, for example, once you arrive in the Paseo district in OKC, you are very aware that you have uh, shifted gears. You know, you, you can tell from the facades and the colors, the way the roads are paved and the widths of the sidewalks that you're in a district uh, that is different than the one you were just in. And same with, you know, Collinsville, we have this beautiful historical main street uh, that's protected by our CBD district. So it incentivizes to anyone who moves in to make sure they're upholding certain historical values of these properties, but also offers them some flexibility as well, because we all understand uh, purchasing a historical building can be a very expensive venture. So zoning can also stimulate or slow development. Zoning overlays that stimulate development, such as the Riverside District in Tulsa, for example, or slow development by specifying land use types in residential areas. You know, you can say there is no commercial building allowed within a certain amount of feet of a residential district. So you can kind of regulate or stimulate the development patterns of certain areas. It can also ensure convenience and efficiency. It can make sure that the city is laid out in a manner that's convenient for residents and visitors. Now, this can be dangerous because it can also be convenient for a car to fly through your city and uh, not stop and smell the roses and spend their money. But it can also favor the pedestrian. You know, if you have narrower streets, wider sidewalks um, that promote this meandering of the pedestrian versus the convenience of a car just getting through as fast as possible. Zoning can have a lot of power. It can actually completely drive the economic value of your entire city. It can also protect landmarks and historical districts. It can provide incentives for developers and property owners 
So you can encourage superior design. You can solve the food desert issue. You can address climate change. You can address demographic changes. So all across Oklahoma in particular and and many other places, but uh, Oklahoma, we're seeing an increase in the need for single person housing. We have a lot of young people that are not getting married or getting married later on in life. And thanks to progressive medical research, everyone's living a lot longer. So we have a lot of young people and our older generations that are in need of single family housing or single person housing, I should say. And really, you can use your zoning code to make sure that uh, developers are aware of that. And you can actually encourage it by creating zones that call for that type of need. So those are some ways that a uh, zoning can be used by the city. OMAG All Access would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. For your time, we would like to offer you the chance to win a pair of OMAG All Access Bluetooth headphones. To enter, all you have to do is head to www.omag.org forward slash all access and click on the corresponding image at the top of the screen. The password for each episode will change, so make sure you are always up to date on the newest episode of OMAG All Access by subscribing with your favorite podcast app. The password for this episode is City. Follow the directions on the giveaway page and you will be entered. Good luck. What are the first steps for adopting a zoning code that works well or cohesively within the community? Yeah, that's a great question. So I would recommend your very first step is to make sure you have a concise, comprehensive plan. Now, I know there's probably a lot of people listening who say, well, we have a zoning code. It's very old and we do not have a comprehensive plan. Or maybe you haven't updated it in a really long time. That's okay. Don't panic. I just would highly suggest looking at updating your comp plan. Your comp plan is going to be uh, what I call the Bible for your city. This is written by the community and for the community. So these are your long range goals by the citizens within your city. Where do they really want to see the money focused over the next several years? Um, do they want a complete sidewalk system? Do they need lighting in their recreational areas and their parks? Do they feel like they are missing an opportunity to capitalize on tourism? Whatever it may be, and every city is different, the community is always the expert. So turning to them and figuring out what they want and what they want to see, more housing, less housing, more commercial, more industrial, defined districts. Maybe there are no districts actually defined in your city. So your comprehensive plan is going to lay all of that out. And then following that should be your zoning code. So generally, if your city is updating your comprehensive plan, once that's adopted, completed and adopted, you would then update your zoning code to make sure it reflects the needs of those citizens laid out in the comp plan. So I would I would highly suggest any other city officials out there listening to take a look at your comprehensive plan. You know, if it's been more than 15 years, definitely look at updating it. So these plans are going to be, you know, 20, 30 year out plans that should be maintained and updated fairly regularly. Um, and you can set that within your comp plan of how often it needs to be updated to make sure that your comp plan, your zoning code, and any other regulatory documents are going to 
grow just like your city grows and it's going to change and evolve and and the documents should do the same. What are some ways zoning cannot be used within a municipality? So this is a <laughs> my favorite example. So zoning cannot force a specific business to come in. So, you know, I can't have a high-end retail <laughs> zone. You know, I can't have a Lululemon zone. You also cannot force a specific business to leave. Let's say there is a 70-year-old repair shop right on Main Street and you decide you really just don't want it there. It's not really fitting the environment anymore. You know, the city can't go in and rezone their parcel and say, well, you're non-conforming, so leave. It doesn't work that way. Right. Uh, zoning generally cannot keep businesses from co-locating. So I can't say if two pizza places want to come in here in Collinsville and they want to be right next door to each other or across the street. And I would really like to see one on the west side of town and one on the east side of town. Zoning code really can't determine that. Now, there are some exceptions here in Oklahoma. We have OMMA. Uh, they do have laws that ensure businesses are a certain distance from each other or a certain distance from schools and things of that nature, but that's the exception. Um, and what, what does the, what's OMMA? Is that the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority? Yes, correct. Okay. That is correct. Okay. Um, zoning also can't limit how many people or cars are in an area. Those are one of those just organic happenings. So, um, you know, we, we can't put a cap on how many people are walking uh, along Main Street or how many cars are parked along Main Street and things of that nature. Zoning really can't determine that. Uh, and then the last thing, zoning cannot require good architecture. Architecture is considered subjective. So uh, your zoning code can't require certain architectural features. You can encourage superior design usually through incentives, but you can't require good architecture as much as I'm sure a lot of planners out there would like to. <laughs> are there, you mentioned, uh, I mean, you're a planner, you just mentioned planners. Are there any organizations here within Oklahoma that are uh, planners? Like, for example, as an attorney, we have different uh, organizations that we can meet on a regular basis to share ideas and discuss issues that are on the forefront of what of our practice or what we are facing here. Are there any similar type of organizations for planners here in Oklahoma? Yes, and great question. And this is a great resource for anybody. Maybe your city doesn't have a planner. So the American Planning Association, uh, we do have an Oklahoma chapter under the American Planning Association umbrella. And you can go to okplanning.org and you can uh, see those contacts there and resources. If you do have questions regarding planning, there are a lot of fantastic people that are a part of our Oklahoma chapter. I serve on a couple of boards uh, for the APA Oklahoma chapter, and they're just very helpful people who want to be champions for the, the planning world. So if, if anyone out there listening is really struggling or you don't have a planner or you just need to know where to start to get a comprehensive plan or update your zoning code or anything of that nature, definitely call the APA Oklahoma chapter. They also have useful links on their website, census check, you know, water resource board website, the Oklahoma Department of Commerce website, just anything that you might need that can link you directly to planning related articles. It's all on here. 
Well, gosh, great. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time today. This has been very helpful to me and I'm sure to all of our listeners as well. Wonderful. I'm so happy I got to join you guys and I hope I offered some some good advice for people who had some questions or concerns regarding zoning. And and I, I want to be a resource too. So if anyone needs to reach out to me, just get on the City of Collinsville website under Planner and you can contact me. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amber. I really appreciate it. We hope you can take something away from this podcast that will help your city or town. You can find more information about OMAG on our website at www.omag.org or on our Facebook page. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or ideas for a podcast topic, please send them to allaccess at omag.org. On the next episode of OMAG All Access. I really wish everybody knew to spay and neuter, and I always come back to that, but it's just really the only way. And people don't think about it. A lot of times, for some reason, men are um, very hesitant to neuter their dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and we always have to you know, explain, it's it's the dog, not you, so. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's just different things that people don't think about, and they think, well, if my dog has puppies, I, I know seven people that are gonna want my puppies. Well, that's great, but what if those seven people can't keep those dogs forever? What if you're giving them away or selling them unsterilized and then they have more dogs? And so it's just, it's a vicious cycle. And we just, we wish people would understand that spay and neuter is the only way and it's the most healthy way for the animals. And that's just the big one. That's number one. This episode is copyright OMAG 2022 under the Creative Commons 4.0 Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives International License. For more information, please visit creativecommons.org.